Welcome to CSF Scent, our third night. So tonight I invited a few science majors here um, or graduated science majors still in the STEMs um, just to discuss what evangelism looks like in the sciences and the relationship between Christianity and religion and um, the sciences. So we, we were excited to hear from our guests. So if we could go ahead and introduce ourselves, we only have three of us, so we should be able to manage without a set list. Um, Lauren, if you wouldn't mind starting and then Michael and Christina jump in after. Yeah, um, I'm Lauren Golian. I am a junior at IUPUI and I'm a biology major um, and I am pre-med currently. So definitely trying to get my life together for the MCAT in med school, hopefully. Um, yeah, it's a little bit about me. Oh, I'm also the um, VP of outreach for CSF as well, so. My name is Mike, uh, Michael Smith. Uh, I am a graduate. I used to attend CSF back in the day um, before I graduated. Um, and now I am in medical school. So that's how life's going. And I'm Christina. I'm a junior this year and currently a bi biology major and I wanna go to dental school. Um, yeah. Awesome. So if you guys, so we'll start out, um, this CSF Scent mission is focused on um, just equipping students, giving them a, um, a voice other than like Andrew. So they wanna hear from us students what evangelism looks like in our specific uh, fields of interest. And so if you guys have any stories or like they can be either success stories where you successfully talk to someone about um, uh, your faith or they can be faith plans because those can be just as motivating or uh, inspirational as well. So if any of you guys have any stories you'd like to share. I have a few, um, I can go first if you'd like. Um, some of mine are definitely face plants. Um, I had a person that I work with and she is definitely not, she's not Christian. I think she maybe used to go to a Catholic school, um, but she kind of got out of that. Um, so one night I had class with her and I was like, oh, I gotta go. Cause I had to paint that night for um, a night of worship. And she's like, oh my goodness, we can't, we can't go get like some food or something, hang out a little bit. And she was, and I said, no, um, but you're more than welcome, you know, to come to CSF with me. And she was like, well, what is that? Um, and I said, well, it's a Christian student fellowship. I'm painting tonight. If you want to watch that, there's worship, there's food. Um, and you're more than welcome to come knowing that she, she was atheist. And I thought I would just throw it out there. Um, and it definitely was a face plant. She was like, oh, like, uh, no, that's okay. I didn't realize you were Christian. Uh, you go do that. But I think it's important to put yourself out there. Um, and even if you know it's going to be a face plant, regardless, just do it anyway. I mean, what's the worst that's going to happen? They say no. So definitely put yourself out there. For sure. Um, kind of my experiences with it are um, less so spur of the moment and more long-term relational with people in that um, a lot of the opportunities I had were not opportunities to necessarily um, sporadically invite people to things but more so to have a conversation with them and so like there were just a handful of instances that I remember from undergrad where um, like a specific thing happened 
And then that sparked a conversation where I was able to talk about why I um, act the way I do or believe the things that I believe. And so in my opinion, being able to give like a case for why that is, um, that was where I found examples. So for example, one, um, one way that happened was this past year um, when everything went online, um, I knew a person who was talking about, you know, how like how easy it would be to just, you know, open book the rest of the year. And, you know, I talked about how on principle I wouldn't do that. And they were like, well, why? Like, why not? And um, it was a really good opportunity for me to say like, why I think that's like, obviously they know it's wrong, but like why I would have a principle against something that nobody else would probably ever know. And so that was like one instance. Um, I definitely, I remember one from undergrad where I just got to have a conversation with somebody because I didn't cuss. And they just asked me why I didn't. <laughs> and it led to a pretty like decent conversation about like what I believe. And so like, those are examples of relations where it was, I mean, one, it took two years to get to the point where we were talking about why I wouldn't cheat on something or, and it's just establishing a pattern um, and then being able to back it up. So that's, that's where I'm at, um, my examples. I'd say for me, I've had a few face plants, current in progress and then um, success as well. Um, I would so start off with the success. Um, it's really cool because I had a I was in a lab with another girl um, and I don't even know how the conversation started, but um, somehow we got onto our faith and I found out she was Catholic and we just had this great conversation about God and the people around us, like we're slowly like listening in. I, I guess it's not really a success story, but a success story in a sense that I was able to really connect with this girl. Um, and I genuinely don't remember how it, our conversation even started. Um, but I feel like in the sciences, you can definitely, um, I'm taking biochemistry this semester and just the intricate details of how life works. I'm just like, how can you deny that there's a God? Cause it's so evident within the complicated process of how life even starts and how it continues. Um, so that was just really good. And so she and I are really good friends now and we share that commonality of faith and it just started with talking about it. And I could tell she was, um, I guess, um, I don't want to say moralistic, but um, like she had values, kind of like what Michael was saying of like um, high standards such that I have. And so, um, and then an ongoing is that a really good friend of mine who I've been friends with for um, since freshman year, um, I've always kind of like thrown at her, thrown out at her, like that's a bad term, but um, like, hey, like I've got a CSF event like you're more than welcome to come if you want or oh yeah I'm doing a bible study like you're more than welcome to join and she just kind of smiles and nods but like it's still a really good friend of mine um so that's just a work in progress um and I don't know if God's like working in her um but I just know that I I feel more comfortable now just like saying oh yeah I've got a bible study you can come if you want um and not being afraid of like that rejection <laughs> like I mean, it's, it's slowly but surely. Um, and, but yeah, I think ultimately a lot of the conversations that I have kind of like what Michael was saying are like long-term um, 
and I'm an RA as well. And so I've been able to speak with my supervisor, who's actually a homosexual and um, was raised in the church. Um, and he knows that I'm Christian. And so I'm able to speak with him a lot. Um, and he's one of the closest people that I'm with, like interact with. Um, and so, and he can see like, I guess the spark or the light. Um, so having that relationship, I think is helpful as well too, through, um, cause he sees like through the hard work that I do, how God's like glorified through that. Um, and so, yeah, but those are my three. Yeah, that's awesome. So all of you guys kind of touched on overcoming that, um, especially you, Christina, overcoming that barrier of, am I going to go for it now? Or am I going to wait? Am I going to drop hints like, hey, come to this CSF thing? Or am I going to like, hey, that's, that's why I believe what I believe because of um, just the complexity of nature and, and such. So what other things have you guys has worked for you or what you have seen worked for other Christians in overcoming that, that, that fright of being that one Christian uh, kid in the science class. If that fright exists, I suppose. That's definitely there. Um, maybe like not so much in like, uh, I'm gonna invite somebody to like CSF and like divulge that I am a Christian. It's more so when you get into conversations with them about like, the actual sciences that you start to get into a lot of disagreements about um, just things in general. Um, there's a lot, something, I know that this is something that you plan to talk about later on, but like, especially when you talk about like, um, like the beginnings of humanity or how everything came to be, or just lots of like things that you can't necessarily prove. Um, a lot of people's default is that um, if you're Christian or you're something along those lines, um, you don't really take a very scientific perspective on things. And so like in that regard, like there is a little bit of a barrier to overcome with people because a lot of people don't really think that you're gonna think analytically about things or they'll just think that you're dead wrong. Um, there's both of those. Um, so that is one thing I guess you could say it's a little bit of, um, standing up for what you believe in and and knowing why or at least being able to defend it is important I don't know if that's 100% answering your question but that does go along those lines yeah kind of what Michael said sorry Mike um like I feel like you can definitely diminish that barrier by just like being yourself and kind of just knowing why you believe the things that you do um I've had multiple people ask me like, okay, that's fine, but why do you believe that? And I've actually like done research on that so I could have a good response for them when they did ask me that question. And then that leads into a whole conversation. I think if you can um, talk about it, it definitely starts to diminish that barrier between you guys um, and like the people who are non-believers. Um, so I just think like, I mean, I know being ourselves as Christians, sometimes it's like noticeable, like, I can see the way you're living your life and I can tell that you're different, why? Um, and just like being yourself and just openly saying, yeah, I'm a Christian and I like to live my life this way because of, I have these certain morals. Um, so definitely just being open about that, I feel like helps that barrier. 
I know for me too, I kind of changed my perspective. I was like, the worst thing they can say is no, (laughs) or like shut me down. Like that's the worst thing that can happen. So what's the harm if um, I can bring someone to Christ by saying something now, like, let it be. And if they say no, they say no, like it's not on me. Like it's not something that I necessarily did. It's just, I'm putting God out there and saying, okay, God, you can work on this person's heart or God, you can do this if I say this. And so I feel like accepting the fact in, at least in my mind that the worst that can happen is that they say, no, you've done your job as a Christian of spreading the gospel, um, by just talking about God. So. Yeah, I think those are all super important things. Um, so moving a little bit more to the specifics. So I think all three of you are bio, right? Or at least that that brand um, yeah. of class. Um, so, so I guess for Lauren and Christina specifically in the time you're in right now and Michael thinking back to your undergrad, what were some moments you were actually like sitting in class, like wondering, like the professor was talking about like genomics or, or talking about how we have um, evolved trait A, B, and C over a billion years. Like, what exactly do you think in those moments? What's going through your mind as he presents fairly credible evidence? Um, what, 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 is, what are you guys rationalizing about it? Or, yeah, I don't want to put too much into the question. I just think it's so complex. Like, I think I saw a statistic, I actually wrote it down just in case of this question. It was like, it's one in 10 to the 125th um, that it it would happen, like an amino acid would make that specific amino acid with all the other um, proteins around and everything. Like it's such a small number that it would happen that way. And we need all these specific little things for life. And I mean, I'm in biochemistry too right now. So I see my professor talking about all these like little things that uh, go into making us and making earth the way it is. And it's just so complex. And I, it's hard to believe that people think that there isn't a God. Cause like, what are the chances of this really happening without a greater design. So it's kind of what I'm thinking during classes and stuff like that. Yeah, um, honestly, there is definitely, I'm sorry if I cut you off, Christina. <laughs> um, there's like, it's really easy, especially like when you first arrive on college and you've never heard a lot of this before to just kind of like write it all off as like nonsensical. And a lot of it's not necessarily nonsensical. For example, there's like the Miller-Urey experiments that did prove that in these conditions that were supposed to be from way back, you can form a bunch of the amino acids, which as we know, you do need those for life. And so there's all these kind of experiments throughout the years that kind of poke at it. And then people try and make the connection that, well, see, we could make a lot of this happen. So therefore it did happen. And I guess where I struggle with that is there's a lot of different things. Well, there's a lot of different reasons that I struggle with it. But one, the biggest thing for me is how do you make something out of nothing? Um, That's the biggest thing. Um, So at the end of the day, both things, 
science and religion, both at the end of the day, when you're describing where things came from, are something you have to take by faith. You cannot go back and figure out how everything came into existence. It's impossible. Nobody was there. Um, it, that you can't observe it is what I'm trying to say. So science is useless there. So you have to either believe that there was some massive bang, everything came into being, or that everything was created. And I have problems with there being a massive bang because in the back of my mind, um, matter can't just be created or destroyed. So I have a lot of problems with figuring out where things came from in, in the very beginning. It's just, for me, it's hard to explain, but um, that's where I have a disconnect with a lot of the theories on um, how everything just kind of snapped into being. Whereas for me, it's a lot easier to um, explain that away by saying um, there is a creator and a creator created the world um, because obviously God is not bound by um, the laws of the universe. Um, I don't know if that necessarily answers your question, um, but that is something that I would say helps with a lot of reconciling science and Christianity. I would also add to that. I think it it's funny <laughs> um, how like science claims that nothing can come from nothing, like nothing can be created or destroyed. And yet that's the foundation of like, you know, <laughs> that's the foundation of what they think happened. But um, I guess for me, what I'm thinking in class, my dad gave me this example, um, like growing up and I've always loved it because it's a very practical example and I use it for a lot of things. So if you have an essay, it's composed of ink and paper. And no matter how many times you throw ink and paper into the air and let it fall to the ground, it's never gonna turn into a typed essay. But if you add a printer and then have the ink and the paper put into that printer made by someone, an intelligent designer, then you'll get that essay. And so comparing that to, um, creation and God in general, God is that intelligent designer who's able to create that essay. And so I've just always loved that example um, that my dad gave me. Um, I guess what else is running through my mind? Um, like Lauren, it's just so intricate and so um, like just life in general. And also in Romans, for those of you who know, I'm a huge fan of Romans. Um, but in Romans chapter one, um, it says that creation alone is evidence enough that there's a God. And um, I just am always reminded by that. And yes, science gives like, um, quote unquote, factual information. But if anything, I feel like that information that I'm given, it defends my faith more because of the complicatedness and um, just, yeah, how cool it is. Yeah, it's I've always found it to be um, crazy how absolutely complicated life is under the surface. And that's why I just have all sorts of problems um, believing that um, everything just came together in the right circumstances. Um, I mean, I, I don't know how that's a better argument than it was created. Yeah, I think science, it, I don't think science diminishes God's word, but I think it 
helps us better understand it. I don't think it has any like hindering effect on God's word. I think it always helps me understand how powerful he was to, or he is, sorry, to create these complexities. So. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it you could see. So let's say, for example, a lot of people like to point to things like um, especially you bio nerds will appreciate this. Hopefully you don't take nerd as offensive. I, I consider myself a nerd. It, it happens. We like science. Um, but like, let's say that you created something. If I create something and then I have to create something else that's similar, I'm going to borrow from the first thing. Um, and so when you look at, you could say a lot, of, or at least a lot of scientists all purport that, you know, everybody originated from one cell somewhere that came together from a bunch of molecules and then everybody diverged from that and this is why everyone is related we have all of our you know homologs and our phylogenetic trees and our um all these you know related species and so they point to the fact that there's these relations between species and you know a lot of that is useful for research there's a lot of relatedness you can you know, go into some worm and inhibit some gene. And then you could say this is probably what it does in humans too. And he might be right. Um, I would tend to look on that as um, if you had a creator and a creator created the universe, I don't see why it would be beyond him to borrow from something that works extremely well and put it in everything, which is why you may see, you know, DNA in all of these different creatures. And it's about the same and you see a lot of interrelatedness. Um, so to me, that makes sense. Um, I don't know if you have the same thoughts on that, but I've always thought that. I've never really thought of it that way, but like that definitely makes complete sense why, I mean, things are so similar. I mean, it's still complex, but they're similar because that's how it's always worked. It's always been fine that way. So that's a really good point. So yes, to speak, to move a little bit more general now. So I know Michael, we've, we've kind of touched on it throughout the um, last few minutes, but Michael was super excited. I know to talk about this. So I'm sure he has a bunch of great things to say next. Um, but what do you think in general, science and religion, why do you think there's this perceived um, dissonance? And then why, what, what do you think you as a student can do to alleviate that dissonance with other students that you meet, that you have conversation with? I'm going to not go first on this one. Um, I guess I can go. Uh, the, like, so can you like reword your question a little bit? Yeah, so why, we'll start with the first, why do you think that there is this separation between our belief in God versus a kind of a, a materialistic belief in, well, materials? Yeah, I think it's hard for people to wrap their head around that there was somebody this powerful to make these things so complex and to make you and me and make the very beginning of earth and create things out of nothing. Um, I think it's definitely hard to wrap your head around. Um, I think that um, science can help us explain the how and like how all of these complexes work, but God 
um, takes us in the territory of why these things work the way they do. Um, so if that kind of answers a question at all. Yeah, definitely. I think that strikes a very interesting point that science is very materialistic and religion is philosophical and morals and ethics and deals in that region. But that's a very easy thing to dismiss then. It's very easy for a scientist to say, well, that's a moral issue. I don't have to deal with it. So what makes a biologist have to face the fact that God exists? Ultimately, biology and religion are trying to do the same thing. They're trying to describe the world. Um, and ultimately, I think the end um, goal of science is to figure out a lot of life's questions um, in that, like, where did we come from? Um, and I think a lot of the questions in science are unattainable goals, i.e. I don't think we'll ever figure out um, through science um, where we came from. I don't really think that's possible from from my own worldview and from a scientific perspective. Scientific perspective, um, but I think the reason that you have a lot of um, dissonance between um, scientists and um, religious people like ourselves is because there are a lot of people who have invested themselves in the narrative. Well, one, there's a lot of people who don't believe in God. And those same people need a meaning somewhere. And so investing themselves in something that subverts religion, takes its place, um, makes a lot of sense for them. So for somebody like that to figure out um, how to, I, I don't really know how to describe it, but what I would say is part of the dissonance is you're seeing a lot more people who aren't religious in these fields to start with so we're not a majority there um, and then that dictates a lot of the thinking in the field and when there's a lot of that thinking in the field you're not the mainstream and so then people have a problem when you're not going along with the flow so if you want to talk about why it's not it's why it's dissonant that could be why it's dissonant um, but if you want to talk about why um, there's a knee-jerk reaction and it's that people don't believe in God and thus they need to find something that takes his place. And so whether that's the pursuit of um, understanding, the pursuit of knowledge or the cult of anything else that takes or subverts that place in your life, um, I think your motivations can be different. And I don't know if that 100% makes sense what I'm saying. Yeah, that made sense. Um, Christiane, do you have anything to add on to that? Either either points, Lauren or Michael? Um, I guess I just wanted to add that too. Um, I, I would completely agree with Michael and Lauren both, um, but adding on to Michael's comment, um, just the fact that people try to find purpose, I would say is if they don't, if they don't want to credit it to a higher being, then they want to find it somewhere else. Um, and so science is that pursuit of finding those answers that I feel God answers. Um, and also, um, there was one other thing that I wanted to, oh, um, just the fact too that I feel like society puts science against Christians 
anyway through like media and just like articles and stuff like I mean you hear about it all the time and so even if it's not even there society has put it there um so that that was the other thing that I wanted to add awesome so switching gears again um to discuss when you actually get into I mean, first of all, I assume you guys have had like more than five minutes to talk to an atheist or agnostic or someone who simply does not believe in Christianity. Um, talk to them about a longer discussion about why you believe what you believe, specific arguments that you've used or um, discussion points that you've brought up. I, I assume that you guys have had those conversations. Um, what are some of your favorites that you've that you find personally illuminating and also tend to help the the person with whom you're discussing these issues see things from a bit of a different perspective than they might be used to. Like personally for me, I love, I mean, I'm, I'm a physics major and so I, I love discussing the beginnings. Um, so the reality of a big bang, where that energy could have come from, um, like Michael was saying, the destruction of energy and the creation of energy are both prohibited um, by the laws of thermodynamics. And so it's like, where do those come from? And then they, they suggest quantum perturbations and we're like, no, because where does the quantum energy come from? And then it's turtles all the way down. So there's no, there's no end to the creation of something. And so that's kind of a really fun one to, to discuss for me. So do you guys have any that you really enjoy? Um, freshman year when I was struggling with um, kind of telling people like why I believe the things I believe. I set out to find like the perfect thing to say, like also related to scientists. Um, and I wrote it down. So I always had it in my notes if they asked, so I could like just kind of throw out a fact and then like give them something to think about. Like, um, and it was this, it was like, uh, scientists have determined that life in the universe would not be possible if more than about two dozen properties of the universe were even slightly different from what they are. Um, as the matter is commonly put, the universe appears fine-tuned for life. So scientists proved that if these properties were just a tiny bit different, we could not have happened. Um, and I think that goes to show that there is a higher being, there is somebody putting all this together perfectly for us. Um, and that was one of the things I would always use um, when people asked me, like, so why do you believe this? Like, I know you're a science major. Why do you not believe in evolution? So that was something that I always used. I know for me, um, I normally use the printer example because that's something that's practical and a lot of people can understand and grasp. But I also, um, like, you know, that 30 second elevator pitch. Um, a lot of times I share my testimony and the fact that with God, um, as a part of my life, there's a peace and a joy that I can't explain. Um, and an optimism that I have that I feel like God is the person working through that. And so I personally share my personal testimony to others. Um, and, um, a lot of times they see that and that's the reason why they approach me is because they're like, okay, like, why are you so happy all the time? Oh, because like God gives me joy. Um, so that, that's always kind of been my approach. 
I probably don't default into a scientific argument on these things. Um, the first thing I will say is a lot of people who like, okay, my thoughts are going to be scatterbrained here, but um, there's not necessarily a clear cut argument against evolution necessarily. And I know there's going to be a knee jerk reaction to that. I don't actually believe in evolution. Don't quote me. I don't believe that. But I think that you can observe that like aspects of the arguments for those are true in that natural selection exists. Um, fitness is also a thing. Um, you see it all the time. Um, and so there are key aspects of things that people will say, well, why don't you believe in this? And you can say, well, I believe in a little bit of it, but not that that's how we all came into being, um, which a lot of those things are observable. You can experience, um, that's just a different thing. So I think that like a lot of people, they kind of do like a straw man argument and saying like, oh, well, because you're this, you deny everything. And look at all this evidence that shows that, you know, finches and the Galapagos differentiated or something like that. I mean, that's Darwin's big thesis. Um, and that's not necessarily the case that we're making a lot of the time. So I think there's some miscommunication, if that makes sense. Um, one thing that I would say, there's a couple of things that um, make sense in when you're talking about um, science and religion. And so one of those is that um, the case I always make, it's the moral argument for why there's a God. Um, it's the one that makes the most sense to me. And it also kind of pivots into an intellectual pseudoscientific argument. And so I'm going to read it here because I don't want to get it wrong because it's one of those philosophical things. And if you mess one word up, then the entire thing is just not there anymore. So um, the first contention is that a human experience of morality is observed. Um, God is the best or only explanation for this moral experience. Therefore, God exists. And so one of the things that strikes me is if we are truly evolved beings in that we all came from the prebiotic soup or whatever you want to say, the iron sulfur hypothesis, the Miller-Urey experiments, we just came from a bunch of molecules and I'm just a walking bag of molecules walking around every day. What's the point of morality and why do I need to adhere to any sort of ethics if I'm essentially the same as a rock on the ground, just I happen to have a functioning brain that sends molecules in certain directions and a beating heart that is also just a bunch of fibers. I mean, it kind of breaks down because at the end of the day, there has to be some reason why we revere life as important or why we have any sort of morals. And the only explanation for why we have morals is that there's some greater being out there that has instilled us with morals or has set an example of morals. And so you can use a moral argument and then state that, okay, if you really believe that science is the be all end all, then why in the world do we have morals if we are literally just a bunch of atoms? Yeah, that makes sense from all of you guys. Alyssa, I do want to pull you into this for a minute. So I'm not sure how many science majors or science people, so to speak, you, um, evangelized to, but what do you say when someone brings up, well, evolution proved this or science has proved that? What, what do you say? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so if you guys don't know, I'm a business student, um, so that's why I'm keeping quiet. Um, but um, yeah, no, I, I don't have, I wouldn't say I have too many uh, bio, bio friends in my life, um, but have definitely run into them throughout, um, throughout college and throughout life. Um, and generally, like my, my approach to it is, um, I think the time, time is a really hard one for people to get outside of. So um, we've talked about, you know, like, yeah, so, so energy can't be created or destroyed, um, matter. And so if we are, like, if, if nothing has been created or destroyed, then that means it's, it's eternally existent except we exist in the frame of time and we measure like we measure things throughout a time so like we we can't suppose that like okay well energy is not created or destroyed and so therefore it must be like we this earth must be eternally existent except for the fact that we we measure everything on a time scale um and so that's to say that there actually had to be a beginning um, and then then that's the obvious question that follows well then if there was a beginning of energy and matter and and everything then what was at the beginning and how did it come about so um yeah i like to use the the reference of time because yeah sitting sitting for more than about a minute to think about the concept of eternity is wildly difficult for the human mind um because we we exist in the confines of time um, yeah, so trying to trying to get someone to think outside of that um, normally doesn't doesn't go too well, um, but that is something where that I know like the gospel has an explanation for that, um, whereas science doesn't. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So the opposite question of this. What is a question that's been posed to you during a conversation or something you've heard in class that still kind of sticks with you and you're like, huh, I don't know how to explain that using my worldview. And maybe it's something that sticks in the back of your mind, something that when you're having a moment of um, lower faith, you're like, oh yeah, and then there's this. Um, is there anything that, that comes to you guys' minds through that? Um, for a long time, I always questioned why people thought religion and science had to be separate. Um, they just like, I feel like a lot of people when I was like in high school or just at the very beginning of college, they thought that it was like kind of one or the other. And they were always shocked to hear that I was a science major. Um, and I was also um, Christian. So one day I was watching a sermon um, and he was talking about, it was online, so I don't even remember which one it was, but he was talking about um, a debate he had watched and how one guy had said, um, was debating another guy about science or religion or like, are they complimentary? Um, and one guy said, we know like how or why uh, water would boil. Like we know that there's a conductance of heat and it fastens the molecules and it makes it boil. But then it also, um, is boiling because maybe somebody wants a cup of tea, I think was kind of what they used. 
Um, and it kind of made a light bulb switch in my head that both explanations are kind of right. They're both valid and they don't really conflict with each other. So in that way, they are both complementary. And that's where I get to science explains the how, but then God um, explains the why. And so that kind of helped me answer that question. I'm taking anatomy right now. And that just automatically made me think perception is our reality. <laughs> so I loved that example though. I guess like something I think is that like a lot of people think that they are inherently incompatible because um, religion causes you to make a set of assumptions and the goal in science is to go in without assumptions. I mean, it does bias you, so it's not perfect. Um, but I look back on, you know, we're given a mandate to, um, you know, discover the world and subdue it. And I think science is encompassed in that, in that um, that is perfectly within, you know, God's will for us to explore his world to, I mean, he created it, everything in here, he meant for us to find at some point. And um, I think, at the end of it, um, pursuing or discovering or working hard at learning what he created is ultimately glorifying to him because he did design it for us to find it out. Um, and so I think there is a case to be made that um, more Christians should consider going into the sciences. Um, I know I was discouraged from the sciences, at least by my parents a little bit because I'd had an older brother go through the IUPUI system and there's a lot of people in there that do believe some things very, um, a lot. I would never say anybody by name because I, I loved all my professors. They were great, but they do have some very strongly held beliefs. And the last thing that you really want to do is get on their bad side because, you know, you violate the, I don't know, unsaid rule that you don't criticize, fill in the blank. And so I think a lot of people are maybe discouraged from doing it because they think, oh, academia, that's all, there's a bunch of people who believe in evolution or all these, you know, a lot of Christian circles would consider kind of wacky beliefs. Um, of course, they would consider our beliefs a little wacky. So I guess it goes both ways, but um, I would make the case that that's not the case and that we should be trying to get more of us in there so that we have more of a voice and more of a narrative than just we're a bunch of morons who believe a bunch of stupid stuff that, I don't know, I don't see them as inherently incompatible and I see a mandate that we should be exploring that and discovering. So I don't know if that answers your question, but that's definitely a thought that I've had in response to a lot of what's going on. Yeah, I like that. How do you, just a more specific question, how do you see med school and the, the culture your, your ability to evangelize, has it changed since undergrad or is it similar or how so? Um, well, honestly, it's a little harder with coronavirus, I'm not gonna lie. Um, all of our in-person stuff is kind of done at this point and it's all Zooming right now. So it's um, a lot harder. There's not really one-on-one -on -one time with people. So in that regard, I would say diminished. Um, I would say it's just fascinating, I mean, our body is a representation of God. We're made in his image. And to get to study that and to learn about it is just, it's amazing. Um, 
and I feel like I'm just grateful to get to do it. Um, it's, it's truly, I don't know how to describe it, but I do think there's, like I said, there's that we should be trying to figure it out. And obviously we can use it as a tool, um, making discoveries that make people's quality of life better. Um, that's using our God-given gifts to use our brains to make a difference in somebody else's life. And you could say that that is in the same regard as meaningful as, I don't know, something else simple that's also an act of kindness to somebody that you're trying to illustrate your faith. If you go in with the mindset that I do this because I believe my goal as a Christian is to you know, glorify God and to love others, part of loving others is making discoveries or putting in the time with research to help better the lives of others. Um, so you can look at it from a whole lot of different perspectives. Um, that's one way I would go about it, at least from a medical way. Yeah, awesome. So as our time comes to a close, um, what, are, what is your guys' last um, kind of encouragements to students listening, just how, how to step into that evangelizing role? Just, I, I don't want to put too many blockades on it, but just, just what is your guys' final encouragement? I'd say my final encouragement is kind of tagging on to what Michael just said is ultimately just make everything that you do to the glory of God. Um, and I know for me, like every exam that I take, I study hard and I'm like, God, it's you who brings the victory and like verbally saying that. Um, and just ultimately just seeing God work throughout your degree. Um, that ultimately I think is how you can evangelize um, and just giving God glory and all things. For sure. Um, I think that mentality is definitely the way to go. Um, I never realized quite as much as I do now um, how little control I have over my own success. Um, it's a whack world that I'm living in right now, but um, all I have to say is that um, God has us where he wants us. And if he didn't want us to be there, then we wouldn't be there. Um, so that's my, my take on it. Um, but I guess if I had to give you one last um, snippet as a summary, um, know what you believe, why you believe it, and then know how to explain it. And I think that's the biggest takeaway you can take with you into the science field because you just don't stand a chance unless you um, are able to do those three things. So that's what I've got. And don't be discouraged to share what you know, definitely. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. Um, it's been a pleasure to, to listen to your guys' words of wisdom. Um, so yeah, that's CSF Scent. I hope you all were encouraged um, in your evangelizing efforts and we'll see you next, next uh, January, I believe is when we'll have our next uh, meeting. So yeah, thanks for joining.